I'm Ryan Lindrosif, and welcome to Let's Think Digital. So I just got back from the World Government Summit in Dubai, hosted by the United Arab Emirates. It's an incredible event hosted annually in Dubai. This was the 10th annual version of it. And it brings together leaders in government and industry from around the world and looking at issues around digital transformation, around futurism, around sustainable development and other topics that are of interest to policymakers around the world. This was my first time attending and one of the reasons that I went is that I was invited by the organizers to present on a panel about the metaverse and to host a fireside chat with the former head of the Canadian Digital Service, Aaron Snow, talking about digital service teams and how to bridge the gap in digital services. It was also an opportunity to reconnect with colleagues from around the world to make some new connections and really just to be able to step back and think about some of the big issues that are facing governments around the world today. While I was in Dubai, I took the opportunity to record some of my reflections during the three-day summit and also a chance to have some conversations with colleagues in the hallways and in between sessions during the summit. So I'm really excited on today's special episode to share with you these reflections and give you a little bit of a taste of what it was like to be at the World Government Summit in Dubai. Well, good morning from Dubai. This is the start of my first morning here in Dubai. Uh, beautiful sunny day out, as I think is the case most days here. And uh, just at the hotel room, getting ready to head out to the first day of the World Government Summit. It's exciting. I got in yesterday. I think have largely been able to conquer the jet lag after a bit of sleep last night. And there's already just a huge buzz of activity around here. It's pretty fascinating to see um, all the people that have gathered. I was talking to some of the organizers yesterday when I got in and they're anticipating this to be the largest of this event that they've held. They've been running the summit for about 10 years now and they're anticipating about 5,000 people here today. The agenda itself that I'm looking through it is frankly just overwhelming in some ways. A huge number of sessions going on, tremendous mix of speakers ranging from you know celebrities to world leaders to you know billionaires like Elon Musk who's apparently speaking on Wednesday morning it's quite the agenda all really kind of focused around the future of government and the future of big public policy challenges there's a big thread that is focused primarily on sustainable development and looking at progress against the sustainable development goals. There's also a lot around technology and how the future of technology and innovation is shaping government and vice versa. And that's actually the main reason I'm here and was invited was to come present a couple of sessions related to digital service teams in government and then a panel about the metaverse and what the metaverse means for the future of government. So I'm looking forward to diving in. Certainly this will be one of the, if not the biggest conference I've ever attended in person. 
and uh, you know been a while since I've had a chance to do a lot of conferences particularly given the pandemic and restrictions on travel for the last few years excited too that there's a few people here that I know well former colleagues of mine including Aaron Snow who was the executive director CEO of the Canadian Digital Services Aaron had come in as the CEO of the Canadian Digital Service shortly after I left the federal government and have had a chance to know Aaron over the years and great to see him here again. My former uh, boss from the OECD, Barbara Ubaldi, is going to be part of the session on Wednesday that I'm attending on the Government Services Forum. So really looking forward to seeing Barbara again and a few other friends and colleagues who are either at the summit or actually live in Dubai who I'm hoping to get a chance to connect with while I'm in town. And then I think in a few cases getting a chance to put a face to a name to people who have only met virtually or only talked to over Zoom who are going to be here from different parts of the world. So I'm about to head in going to go take in some sessions. It's going to be a long and interesting day, I think, and we'll continue checking in throughout the course of the next couple of days. So it's the first morning of the World Government Summit, and already I've had a chance to meet somebody in person who I've only met online before, uh, Pooja, who's here from the UK from Apolitical. Pooja, do you want to introduce yourself and share a little bit about what Apolitical does? Sure. Hi, I'm Pooja Warrior-Hamilton. I'm the Chief Partnerships Officer at Apolitical. We are a social and learning platform for governments globally. We have over 200,000 public servants from 160 countries that use our platform to find peers, find the latest knowledge and skills they need to address some of the biggest challenges of our times. That's great. And so, Pooja, I think, like me, this is the first time you're at the World Government Summit, first time in Dubai as well, same as for me. What are you planning to get out of the next couple of days? I know you have a couple sessions that you're moderating or involved with, so maybe you can share a little bit about what you're hoping to draw out of the next couple of days of these events. Absolutely. So I'm moderating a few sessions here on Tuesday tomorrow on agility in government. Now that's a topic that we care deeply about apolitical because I think that's going to be a skill that's going to be important for governments around the world. So the sessions that I'm moderating focus on bringing innovative case studies from around the world. We're also talking about the role that governments can play in setting up dedicated institutions that spark innovation. But the main reason why I'm interested and excited about being here is just amazing to hear all the focus on climate. Literally every talk has been focused on getting our act together, moving along quickly, getting agreements on different transition pathways. And again, that's a topic that's quite close to our hearts. We launched the Government Climate Campus last year to upskill about 50,000 public servants in the top emitting countries. And so it's really exciting to be here and see the enthusiasm for that agenda. Yeah, I noticed the agenda has a big focus on sustainable development, a big focus on technology, and in some cases where the two of those things come together. So it's going to be a fascinating few days, huge event, you know, just looking around and people here from all over the world. I'm pretty excited about what we pull out of it. And I'm excited about the chance to meet people like you. I was just saying, Pooja and I were on a Zoom call last week, I think it was, right. with Pooja's boss, Robin, who's the head of Apolitical, and Derek Alton, who some of our Canadian listeners will know from digital government circles, and uh, discovered today that we're both here and had a chance to meet in person and that's always the beauty of these kind of events you know being able to sometimes make those in-person connections of people you've only met online it's such a joy to see you here and excited about the things that we are planning for this year together absolutely yeah we were talking about some collaborations down the road you know apolitical is doing very similar work to us on capacity building for public servants and so i think as we're hoping to be able to see if we can bridge the gap and do some international work together so good to see you Pooja. thanks so much for joining great to see you have a great summit you too <laughs> 
So I'm here at the Edge of Government exhibit. Just had the pleasure of getting a tour of exhibits from around the world, interesting innovations in government. And here with Julio, who's one of the leads of this project. Julio, can you introduce yourself and just share a little bit about the exhibit that we're at? Sure. First of all, welcome to Dubai. Uh, the Edge of Government is really a pavilion where we try to invite innovators, bureaucracy hackers from all over the world to explain what they've been doing to really push the boundaries of innovation in their context. What we know is that government innovation is not necessarily something that is easy to communicate. So we pair them up with uh, designers, interactive designers, so they can actually come up with a story and translate it into something that can be felt, sensory, smelt sometimes, touched, so that actually visitors to the World Government Summit can get a feel of what actually it means to push the boundaries of innovation within the public sector. Right. And it has been actually a fascinating experience walking through the hall. There's, I believe, seven different exhibits here that are being shown from around the world. Fascinating kind of divergence of examples, you know, everything from supporting community services for women in Colombia to encoding information into trees for sustainable long-term data storage and a very unique kind of combination between biology and digital data. And this is, I think, if I'm right, the fourth year that this program has been in place, the Edge of Government? Yes, it's actually the fourth year, yes. Okay. And and so there's an awards part to this. So actually, Julia approached me fairly recently if I would be a judge as part of this, which I was honored to do. And myself and Aaron Snow, who I know well, we're walking around just now taking a look at all these and we'll be quickly giving our feedback on it. For the exhibits that end up winning at the end of this, do they get support? What comes out for them? Or is it just recognition? At this stage, is recognition. But obviously, one of the reasons why we want to showcase these examples is to encourage replication. So what we are doing with all the cases that are shown here is actually to try to match them up and basically say, well, you know, these are other places where this could be replicated, inspire others and support them in the process. That's great. And uh, I'm curious your thoughts about the World Government Summit that we're at. I know you're based here in the UAE, you work with the government here on innovation projects. What's your big takeaway from, from events like this? What are you looking forward to the most over the next couple of days? Well, one of the things that is always interesting for me is almost this is, almost acts like a pulse check where the discussion around governments in the world and obviously given the current world situation it's a very interesting moment to do it so what i'm trying to see is whether they can surface the currents what is happening right now what is the mood in general of decision makers i think that's a really important thing and then of course there is the global learning right so there's an awful lot of things that happen on the side where people share information share examples etc which i think Events like this are an ideal platform to make it happen. Absolutely. I mean, I think some of the ideas that just get generated from kind of side conversations are always one of the highlights. Thanks so much, and thanks for being our tour guide today around the exhibit. Thank you very much. So it's the end of day one here at the World Government Summit. And it's been a very long day one for me personally. It was up around 7.30 this morning, and it is now 12 46 a.m. So it's been a solid 15 hour day or 17, pushing 17 hour day. The conference itself ended late afternoon and we had a, a networking event for some of the speakers for one of the sessions I'm with, which was great. A good chance to meet a number of people who I'm going to be sharing the stage with over the next couple of days. But one of the realities of doing international conferences, particularly for someone like me who's a small business owner, is that life doesn't necessarily stop while I'm away. 
back in Ottawa. And unfortunately, there's a few things that I still have to keep an eye on. We had an important client meeting that had to happen with one of their governance committees this afternoon, Ottawa time, which ended up being around midnight Dubai time. So just finished up doing a video conference call with a number of folks back in Canada and now getting ready to head to bed. Really great first day, some really interesting conversations. You know, some interesting sessions, but I always find the things you really take away often come from those discussions that happen on the margins. And it had that in spades today. And just some neat experiences too. I had a kind of funny experience, was doing a tour of this exhibit called The Edge of Government. It's looking at some interesting case studies of innovation around the world. While we were getting the debrief on one of the exhibits, there was suddenly a crush of people and TV cameras that came out of nowhere that were over our shoulder. And this woman had come up and came to meet the two presenters who were walking us through their exhibit. And then ended up, I ended up getting introduced to her. Anyways, turns out it was the Prime Minister of Serbia. So, you know, one of those kind of fascinating world government summit moments where you end up randomly meeting a head of state while looking at an exhibit. And that's, you know, it's one of the fascinating dynamics here is you get a lot of very high level representation, a number of different heads of state and world leaders, particularly from Eastern Europe, certainly from obviously the Gulf region, the UAE, from a lot of African countries as well, and from Asia. So it's a really interesting kind of these kind of government delegations that are coming with senior leadership, but obviously people from throughout the organization, also at a bit of more of a working level, and then people from international organizations from all over that are coming here. So yeah, I'm probably rambling a bit at this time, just from a little bit of sleep deprivation. So I'm going to go get some sleep because things are are getting going again here uh, not too long from now in the morning and I have the first of two presentations that I'm giving tomorrow afternoon so I need to go get myself ready for that. All right so it is the evening of day two of the World Government Summit and we are on the bus with a group of folks who were part of the GX talk session heading to go see the Museum of the Future which we're all excited about and I am excited to be sitting here with friends old and new which is always the great things about these conferences so Aaron Snow was here with me on the bus, who we just did a session at GS Talks. Hi, Aaron. Hey, Ryan. How you doing? <laughs> Good. So Aaron and I had actually had a great little fireside chat talk as part of GX Talks, talking about di- digital services teams, what's happening in the world. Aaron, what's kind of the 30-second highlight of what you were talking about in terms of what we're seeing around the gaps in digital service delivery in government? We talked about the different ways government has to work to keep up with people's expectations set by the the rest of the digital world in the year 2023. (laughs) So Aaron and I are both here for the first time at the World Government Summit. And actually, we were just talking about just the value of kind of hallway conversations that come up and new people you meet. Aaron, what's your impression so far? Yeah, exactly that. There's so many, there must be 10, 15, 20 programs going on at any given time at the summit. I was told there were maybe 10,000 people attending. The agenda itself is sensory overload for a guy like me. So I find I'm happiest in the halls, talking to people one-on-one or in small groups, meeting folks, learning that way and not trying to you know choose which of 18 different things to go to next hour and the hour after that and the hour after that right (laughs) no it's great so we're heading to the museum of the future which we've heard is quite spectacular it should be interesting anything that you're looking forward to the most over you know tonight or in the last day as things wrap up tomorrow i'm just gonna be wandering around until i find their flux capacitor (laughs) there we go 
I will say we, there were many interesting speakers today. I had no idea coming in that I was going to be sharing a stage with the guy who's written for Spider-Man and the Fantastic Four. Yeah, a pretty pretty amazing group of speakers who were coming out. Well, good morning. It is the morning of day three. And uh, having an early start today, at least for me, I typically tend not to be a morning bird. You can hear a few birds in the background as we're chatting. I'm just sitting out on the patio here at the hotel room having a cup of coffee. It's about quarter to seven in the morning. And uh, yeah, early start today. We've got an interesting event coming up that starts at eight o'clock this morning and into the afternoon really today for this last day of the summit i'm participating in something called the government services forum this is kind of a special sidetrack of the summit it's really focused on the issues that are near and dear to my heart which are how do we improve government services and a particular look at kind of public administration issues and their intersection with technology i had a chance yesterday to be part of another stream that was called gx talks gx standing for government experience and was able to join on stage my friend Aaron Snow, who was the former head of the Canadian Digital Service and previous to that had run the 18F digital team in the U.S. government. I was essentially moderating or interviewing him as part of a fireside chat on stage. Today, I'm going to be talking all about the metaverse. And uh, as part of the government services forum, I'm going to be on a panel looking at the metaverse talking about what it is, talking about what the potential impacts of it are for government in the future. As some people may know, certainly from one of our previous episodes, one of our first episodes for this podcast was actually about the metaverse. It's an area that we've been experimenting with quite a bit over the last couple of years. So uh, looking forward to that discussion today. And just kind of reflecting back here, what has been a very busy couple of days you know, it's been a really interesting experience. Uh, the chance to connect with people who, you know, I've known before and haven't seen in a long time. Having the chance to meet some new connections from all over the world. I love that type of thing. I find it very invigorating and certainly it brings out the extroverted piece of my personality to be engaged in these types of things. We had a visit last night to the Museum of the Future, which is actually a fairly new attraction here in Dubai that just opened up about a year ago. Kind of takes the premise of taking futurism or taking foresight forecasting, actually building a museum as if it was the year 2071 and gets you to get into the headspace of how might our future descendants look back at what's happened in the interceding 50 years or so of our progress and getting us thinking about potential paths going forward into the future. And I think that it's a fascinating approach to getting us thinking a little bit about some of these big existential issues that have been themes here at the summit and using kind of future forecasting in a different type of way around it. I had the pleasure of watching from, from colleagues and new friends yesterday. The GX talk sessions were, were much about thinking around what are the trends going to be in the next decade, two decades, three decades coming up. And I think that's it's always kind of an interesting place to go to be able to stretch our thinking down the horizon you know, multiple decades can be challenging, but I think probably what's even more challenging behind that is to be able to think about how do we take 
action today to be able to shape that future and to move us in the right direction. And so that's, you know, that's certainly after two days of pretty enriching, interesting conversations where my mind is at this morning as I am looking out at the natural beauty of Dubai and enjoying the sun come up. So it is the last day of the World Government Summit and one of the great things about these types of events is reconnecting with people you haven't seen in a while and was super happy that in the, the Government Services Forum I was part of today was also my former boss from the OECD, Barbara Ubaldi. Barbara, great to see you again. Hi Ryan, great to see you again in the warm weather. So Barbara and I have just been catching up. We haven't actually seen each other in person for probably four or five years. Barbara continues to do some amazing work around the world with the OECD, leading the Digital Government Unit there. Barbara, you're a veteran of of these kind of international events. What are your big takeaways from your time here at the summit? I think finally we're talking about really putting the users at the center of the design of services. For so many years we've been talking about being user-centered, but that remained a very government-driven point of view. Whereas I think we finally realized that the user needs to be at the core. We are talking about design of services and not only delivery of services. Yeah. And I see that we're started thinking about the metaverse. What does it mean for public services? Right. Yeah, I was here for a panel on the metaverse. Interesting conversation about looking kind of future thinking technology. And Barbara, you were on a panel about digital identity, which is one of those like basic things the government has to get right. I'm curious maybe if you can just summarize your points around what you're seeing from the work in the OECD about how digital identity is moving across the countries around the world. Yes, I think the biggest trend is that we start talking about digital identity systems and not longer about solutions only because solutions for digital identity have been around for quite some time. In many cases, they were enabling access to private services. The COVID-19 pandemic showed the relevance for governments who had digital identity systems to be able to use them to keep delivering services in a continuous way. So I think the big trend we see, first of all, is understanding that having digital identity systems that enable to manage identity as a service is essential for governments and for digital maturity. We are understanding the importance of the governance of digital identity having to be right, and we are shifting the conversation from the technical solution to what it enables to do. So I think those are trends which are very important and which are also bringing to light the fact that there's no one approach that fits all national contexts, but different national environments require different approaches, but the governance needs to be right across all governments. Yeah, I'll say I think it's an issue we've actually struggled with in Canada in terms of getting a national approach to this in part because of our decentralized approach. And it's just one of those like fundamental building blocks, right? That if governments don't have that, it's tough to do much more beyond it. Listen, thank you for this. I was thinking we probably should have a podcast episode about digital identity by itself because it's such a big, important issue. Great to see you again, Barbara. And let's hopefully not, you know, make it five years until we see each other in person next. Great so. to see you soon, Ryan. Thanks, Barbara. So it's the evening of day three of the World Government Summit. One of the running themes has been running into people who I've only known online that I got to meet in person for the first time, making some new connections, and also, excitingly, getting to reconnect with people who I haven't seen in a while, and thrilled that my good friend Simonita, who I know back from our time together in Boston, happens to be living here in Dubai, and we got a chance to catch up in person for the first time in probably five years. So, Simonita, 
Thank you. Yeah. Woo. Introduce yourself. Tell folks about uh, yeah. about who you are and what you're doing here. Sure. Yeah, I'm Ryan's friend from grad school. Well, I live here now, but a year ago I was living in New York where I was working for Governor Cuomo's cabinet as a deputy secretary for economic development and housing in New York State. So even though I'm no longer in government, when it comes to all things government, I'm always interested and always eager to listen and hear what the conversation is. And I'll just say you did some amazing work there during the COVID pandemic trying to navigate procurement in what was a legitimate crisis. So yeah, big big hats off to you for the work you did in that space. Survived, which was their ultimate target. Yeah. Uh, no, but the most gratifying, humbling experience of my lifetime and one that I think I'll always look back to and sort of think... I'm glad I survived it and I never will regret, you know, going going that deep. It was just truly an honor to be a part of it. Yeah, and actually, you know, it's worth we were chatting about this over dinner earlier. We're just in a taxi heading back after after having a chance to catch up a little bit. And we were talking about that difference between working in government and being on the outside. And you've worked as a consultant for a good part of your career as well. And I'm curious just, you know, this was actually one of the themes that's come up in the summit a little bit is kind of how do you work between sectors? How do you kind of get everybody rowing in the same direction, so to speak? I'd be curious for you to just kind of share your insight on, on, you know, having been inside government, being as a consultant, you've worked for a number of startups, kind of what, what that difference is like, and maybe what's unique about trying to deal with issues from inside the system. Yeah, so I'm a huge proponent of showing that one can navigate multiple worlds because one thing in government I found, I came in after being in management consulting for a decade almost, and most of my colleagues had only done government. So they were only sort of on the public sector side, as they called it, and they always wondered what the other side was like or whether it was too late for them to sort of go back and forth. And I felt that there was this divide, that it was so artificial, and people put themselves in boxes that I kept wanting to show you really do not have to be a part of. And so I went from management consulting to government to now private sector again, working for a startup in a different part of the world to always being connected to the government's perspective because I think that's the only way to make it effective. And I will say, I was talking to a colleague of mine who was working on procurement with me and we thought she's applying to go to business school and she's thinking about, well, why business school and not Kennedy school? And, you know, the answer is super simple. In New York, we could not have dreamt to have done what we've done in terms of the response and getting masks, gloves, this incredibly critical equipment, had it not been the connection to the private sector, like people who just, you know, donated planes and, you know, their connections to everywhere around the globe to help New Yorkers do what we needed to do. So the answer is super simple. It's just that people don't seem to somehow think that you can have a career across these worlds multiple times and go back and forth. So I don't think this was the last time for me. Yeah. No, I mean, I've, well, I'm a proponent personally. I mean, my career has kind of gone in and out of these different sectors. And I think we were having a discussion in one of the sessions earlier today just about the need for talent, right, as governments are moving to digital. And I think you can only get there if you can bring people in, but also take public servants and get them that perspective outside. So it's, it's a really important point. Curious just to ask you, you had a chance to actually come to the summit today, sit in a bunch of sessions. Anything stand out to you from what you heard this morning uh, at the sessions you attended? Yes, I think, first of all, I, you know, I came to sort of like, like you to reconnect with people. And I ran into a friend while I was trying to get coffee. I was there to see you. So I didn't really think I would be, you know, caught by the panels as much as I ended up having been. And that's always a pleasant surprise when it comes to large conferences, right, where you probably have lower expectations, and then you get something that's great. I think because we are in this part of the world, and they always try to be at the forefront of whatever is next and new on the tech side, there was a lot of 
conversation on tech. So even people like Ian Bremmer, who I really respect for his perspective on global geopolitics, had a sort of tech perspective as he was right. doing his plenary session. And one thing he said that really stuck with me was if we think about people of his generation, I think he's in his early 50s, for example, or even just us, you know, everything that you can ascribe to your success or failure can really go back to either your parents or your broader community that you grew up in. So nature versus nurture or nature and nurture. And he is now offering that really going forward for people that are born in the you know late 2000s or even today or going in the next 5, 10, 15, 50 years, it will be nature, nurture, and algorithm. Right. And I think that's a really profound way to think about technology yeah. in the way that you are brought up that is very different than how our parents or even ourselves were brought up. And yeah. so I love this kind of medley of geopolitics, government, and technology, and you know, with the individual at the center. It's a fascinating thought about whether some of those kind of foundational pillars of our world are changing before our eyes. Well, listen, our cab is almost at its destination, <laughs> but it was great to, Time gr- to go. yeah, but great to have you on on Let's Think Digital, and hopefully uh, we'll have a chance to, to maybe have you back sometime. So thank you for doing this. Absolutely, and you represented Think Digital in Canada really well on your panel. I was there to witness it myself. So Very kind of you to say. Thank you. So it's the morning of day four. Day four here in Dubai. The summit officially ended yesterday afternoon and I'm here for one extra day, which is wonderful to have a chance to go explore the city a little bit. We were pretty busy for for the first few days here at the summit with all the activities going on and connections with speakers and networking. Didn't really get a chance to get too far beyond the grounds of the hotel complex where the summit was taking place. So I'm excited as I start my last day here in Dubai to have an opportunity to, to go out and see a little bit more of the city and get a little bit of a better sense of the place. And so I've just been reflecting a little bit this morning on the last few days and the experience here at the World Government Summit. And I have to say, it's been a pretty incredible experience in a whole number of ways. Amazing hospitality here, certainly quite an extraordinary event and a pretty unique mix of people who've come together for it. And as I've talked about a little bit on my reflections throughout the week, one of the highlights of, I think, any of these types of events, be them national or international, is that opportunity to reconnect with former colleagues and people you may not have a chance to see that often in person, but also to meet new people, and certainly in this context, meet people from around the world who are working on issues that are near and dear to your heart. And something that really stood out for me is just the commonality of the challenges that people are facing who are in this space around trying to improve how government works in the digital age. I think in Canada, we often hear from peer countries from places like the US and the UK, Australia, New Zealand, you know, some places in Europe. And I think here it was a really interesting chance to connect with people from the Gulf region and across the Middle East, from Africa, from parts of Asia and Eastern Europe. It really just struck me that I think everybody is dealing with some of the same challenges. And so that is heartening and hopefully can lead to a degree of solidarity as we pool our resources and think about what some of these approaches might be. So yeah, it's been an incredible experience, really looking forward to digesting everything that I've taken in 
And I'll just say that I think these experiences, going to conferences and events like this, having the chance to travel and get a bit more of a first-hand perspective on how others are dealing with issues that you're working on, you know, for me, I find them really inspirational. I've said, you know, almost all the best ideas I've ever had have been sparked from when I was at a conference, when I was traveling, when I had a chance to visit other places and see firsthand some of the challenges they're working on. And I was reflecting with my friend Simonita last night when we were having dinner that it can be very tough in the day-to-day where you're putting out fires, dealing with very transactional things. People get very busy, your calendars get very full, just trying to keep on top of what's immediately in front of you. And I think for virtually everybody I know, one of the challenges becomes how do you carve out space to be able to think strategically, think deeper, to try to get a little bit of that long-term vision and inspiration. And that's why I think these types of events and these types of experiences are amazing for that from the perspective of being able to actually step back a little bit. And I'm certainly kind of looking forward to, you know, as I kind of slowly make the trek back across the globe over the next 36 hours to do some reflection myself and hopefully walk away from this week and this experience with some new inspiration that I can bring back to the work we're doing at Think Digital and be able to share back with with colleagues and friends back home in Canada. So I am off to meet a former colleague for lunch and to go explore Dubai a little bit more before I head to the airport. And, you know, just grateful for the opportunity to be here for what I think has been a really successful trip, a really unique experience, and certainly something that I will remember for a long time. Thanks so much for listening to what was a special episode of Let's Think Digital, live from Dubai. Please reach out to us on social media using the hashtag Let's Think Digital and share with us what you thought about today's episode or email us at podcast at thinkdigital.ca. As always, if you like what you've heard, please give us a five-star review on your favorite podcast app and do share our podcast with friends and colleagues who you think might be interested in it. Today's episode was produced by myself and Wayne Chu. Thanks so much for listening and let's keep thinking digitally.